0: Welcome to Buddhist Solutions to Real-Life Problems. On this show, we examine how people apply their Buddhist practice to the complex challenges of being human. I'm Chihi Jolly, a journalist and practitioner of SGI Nichiren Buddhism, which is based on the practice of chanting the phrase Nam-myoho-renge-kyo. My mom started practicing Buddhism before I was born, and by the time I came along, pretty much everyone in my family did too. In elementary school, I was the weird Buddhist kid. We would host discussion groups at our house all the time, and there was so much chanting. In high school, I started to become curious about it, and in college, I decided to start practicing seriously, mostly because I was the shyest child in the world, and I wanted to be a journalist, and you can't be afraid of strangers in this line of work. So I wanted to see if I could change my personality by chanting, and it worked. From then on, I was hooked. When I finally did become a journalist, covering many fascinating people and communities, I became hungry for the words to explain my own. So this series is about people's individual adventures with Nichiren Buddhism and my best attempt to break down how we use it to navigate life's nuanced challenges. So today, we're talking about tough relationships specifically those with the people who push our buttons. We all have at least one. You know, that person who infuriates you, frustrates you, or knows exactly how to get under your skin.
1: So with my ex-wife, it was like, you know, this really bad, like, picture a cat and a rat in a glass cage, right? That was our relationship. Right? You, can you imagine, like, a cat and a rat in a glass box? Can't climb, can't get out, felt trapped.
0: That's Joe Peretti. He's 37 and lives in West Babylon, Long Island, which is a suburb of New York. We met up to talk a couple of weeks ago at the back of a pizza place near his house after he got off an overnight shift at the propane company where he works.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know, I'll just have pizza. One pepperoni pizza. Pepperoni slice? Yeah, and a regular slice. You got it.
0: I've seen him around at Buddhist meetings a lot, and I called him up because his story is all about relationships. It begins with him and his now ex wife, who in the story is the cat, stuck with him, the rat, in this glass box. Crazy as it sounds, I think we can all kind of relate to that feeling. I've had people in my life who've made me feel so small or so annoyed or so angry, and I figured out exactly how to avoid them. But every so often, there's someone who you just don't get to escape, no matter how much you want to. For years, a leading cause of stress in the United States has been relationships, which includes the effects of death, arguments with friends, and loneliness. Even top stressors like job pressure, money, and health issues are filled with people. In 2018, the American Psychological Association added future of our nation, our political climate, and violence to this list. Again, people. Relationships of any kind are complicated. Our small interactions with family, friends, colleagues, and strangers can make us feel loved, supported, inspired, protected, and strong. But somehow, in ways that are mysterious to us, they can also provoke anger in us, aggravate us, make us feel helpless, hopeless, or stuck. But Buddhism teaches that we can transform even the most painful and challenging relationships by first changing ourselves. And in so doing, we can change the course of an entire family and community. Let's start with Joe when he was little. He grew up in Queens and he started out as a happy kid, his childhood was filled with baseball with his dad and brothers and big Italian family gatherings. Then one day when he was around 11 years old, his dad suddenly left and never came back.
1: And uh it was pretty it was it, it just came as a shock but he was uh, he was a gambler like a thief or he was just crazy. You know, he had drug addictions. So he had his own personal you know, his own personal battles, his own demons. So I feel like That and combination of bookies coming to our house and stuff was the reason why he left.
0: He couldn't man up. The painful part was that his dad's new home was less than 400 feet away from the one where Joe still lived with his mom and two brothers.
1: So his route to work was like right through us. My my younger brother was affected the most by it because he used to make promises to him like, yeah, I'm going to come and pick you up. And take you out and just leave him sitting there for like five hours and never come and show up. So it sucked. It was like, the, that was probably the first time in my life besides like getting hurt that I felt pain. Like I felt what pain really was, you know, like internal pain, sadness.
0: So Joe got angry. He started rebelling, getting into fights, and lost a lot of trust.
1: So this was like my first major fight in school. And uh, I brought a bunch of people with me because they had a bunch of people. So it turned into like this big, you know, like crew versus crew type of thing. And uh, just in front of the school, it was like pandemonium. It's in Astoria. <laughs> like, so we're fighting and then the the Vice principal comes out and he grabs me And I turned around And I punched him Like I didn't know Like like, seriously Sorry I didn't know it was the vice principal Like you're in the middle of a fight Somebody you know grabs you, you Your first reaction is to turn around And punch the guy So that's what I did and uh That's when I got suspended for the first time.
0: He transferred from a Catholic school in Astoria to a public school in South Richmond Hill, Queens, but only lasted three months before he dropped out and started working at his cousin's propane company. A few years later, he met his wife. She was 17, he was 18. They dated for seven years, got married at 24 and 25, and in April 2009, had a son, Giuseppe.
1: Our relationship was pretty good in the beginning, and then it just got really toxic. And this went on, like we were together for 15 years, so can you imagine like 12 years of just toxic? You know, mostly um, you know of the type of person that I was, but her too, like she has her, her ways about herself. And, and uh, yeah, it was just really a really bad situation, but I think towards the end of it, she just got like emotionally, She lost her job, and she worked for, uh, you know, close friends of the family. So they fired her, and then she went back to school, and then we just, like, went out like, started going our separate ways. Like, we saw her coming probably for, like, a couple years towards the end. I'm going to get very vulnerable right now. (laughs) So one night I went out with my friends, and I got, you know, I, I got hammered. I got really drunk. And, uh, you know, I tried calling her up just to let her know, like, I'm really drunk. I can't drive right now. I need, you know, I needed some some kind of, like, direction because I didn't know what the hell I was doing, to be honest with you. It, can't, it comes back to the trust issue. It's like I couldn't trust her to be there for me in that moment. You know, was like, oh, what the heck is going on here? So I drove home. I, she had the door locked, and I opened the door, and I, Giuseppe was sleeping, and Giuseppe's my son. He was sleeping. And we just started arguing and uh, it got to the point where it was like, she was just so scared because I was screaming and yelling. And I think she just had enough. We lived together separated for two months, which in-house separation, I don't recommend that for anybody. If you guys are gonna break up, just get the hell out as soon as possible.
0: One day, Joe came across a quote that his childhood friend's ex-wife had posted on Facebook. The quote, which was by Daisaku Ikeda, the third president of the SGI, commonly referred to as sensei or teacher, reads, When facing adversity, we may think we've reached our limit, but actually, the more trying the circumstances, the closer we are to making a breakthrough. The darker the night, the nearer the dawn.
1: I just commented, like, damn, I'm going through this right now. <laughs> like, This is exactly what I'm going through at this moment. Like, Thank you for posting. I was the only person that liked it, the only person that commented on it. And then she just messaged me, like, oh, yeah, I practice Buddhism. You should come to a meeting. And I was just like, I wasn't really, honestly, I wasn't really interested in Buddhism. I've never even met a Buddhist, to be honest with you, at that point. I was like... I'm an Italian dude that grew up in Queens, so <laughs> I don't know what Buddhism is at that point. I'm like, All right. So she convinced me to go, and I went.
0: Before we get into what happened to Joe next, let's pause for a second to unpack what Buddhism actually says about human relationships. In short, it teaches that human relations function as a sort of mirror. In other words, yes, people push our buttons, but it's actually because we have buttons to be pushed. We have insecurities, fears, self-doubt, and anxieties in our own lives, and these can be provoked by the behavior of other people. So the root of our suffering is in us. Consider this classic comedic tale from Japan. Once, in a country village long ago, a man, returning from a trip, brought his wife home a mirror as a souvenir. But because she had never seen a mirror before, When she saw her reflection, she thought it was another woman, and became furious at her husband. Ikeda, recounting this story in a famous essay, writes, Though the story is fictitious, many people become angry or grieve over phenomena that are actually nothing but the reflection of their own lives, their state of mind and the causes that they have created. Like the wife in the story who exclaims, Who on earth is this woman? they do not realize the folly of their ways. Because they are ignorant of Buddhism's mirror of life, such people cannot see themselves as they truly are. This is a concept I grew up learning about, but I've always been curious if there's a secular way to understand it. So I decided to turn to psychology. Adam Waines is a social psychologist who is currently a professor at Northwestern University. His research has to do with how people make sense of other people, and he studies topics like humanization, dehumanization, perspective-taking, morality, and ethics. I called him to ask about why certain people push our buttons and if a change in our attitude can actually impact our experience of challenging relationships.
2: But it resonates with a big idea in social psychology, which is the idea of self-fulfilling prophecies. So if we're the insecure about being in a social setting, um, we're going to elicit negative responses from others that will uh, confirm our, our insecurity. So uh, if we're nervous that we're gonna make a bad impression on someone or going to be um, <clears throat> you know, talked down to by someone, we tend to act in ways uh, that are self-defeating and self-fulfilling um, that elicit that precise feedback. And furthermore, we often see the world in a way that's consistent with our expectations. So if we expect bad things to happen, even if we don't want them to happen, um, we become much more sensitive to negative information in any encounter rather than positive information. So that's the way I would see that concept resonating with um uh, what research there is
0: up there. Then I asked a few Buddhist friends, Stephen, Yin, and I, about their own experiences of relationships in which their buttons were pushed.
3: Well, I have employees, I have a company, and one of the employees who did a good job had personality traits that drove me nuts, a variety of them, showing up late, being irreverent, being disrespectful, pointing me out as as an old fogey.
4: I guess I would have to say that would be my mother. And um, in a situation where I would judge her for judging people, at the same time, it also made me realize that I'm doing the same judging as she's judging others. And that really annoys me and pushes my button. I I still remember this one student named Chris who I taught Three or four years ago, and his mother really pushed my buttons because um, I-, I thought she was incredibly irrational, but she, whenever she would come to meet with me, and she was always really insistent on meeting with me in person, which I was fine with, but every time we would meet, she would just berate me and say that I was not doing my job, like I didn't care about the kids, um, and would make a lot of assumptions about me, and it really, really made me angry.
0: Here's the solution part. According to Buddhism, because the people around us can reflect our own innermost selves to us, they can show us exactly what our life tendencies are and therefore what we can change about ourselves. In some situations, changing ourselves could be checking our attitude or developing empathy for someone or simply just accepting people the way they are rather than how we want them to be. In other cases, especially when we are wronged or being unjustly treated, instead of retreating into a private space of anger and judgment, changing ourselves could mean learning to stand up for ourselves, or calling out injustice, or taking courageous action to leave a situation or engage in a difficult conversation. This is all definitely much easier said than done. My first experience trying to apply Buddhism to a tough relationship was with a classmate who would constantly make fun of me for making mistakes in a class I was already close to failing. I basically hated him, but at the time, my mom encouraged me to chant to develop compassion for him, and while it was the last thing I wanted to do, I tried it. In spite of myself, I started to feel my anxiety replaced by a sense of calm. My fear of failing with a sense of determination, and my anger at this guy with a willingness to understand that he was probably coming from a place of his own suffering. I began hoping to one day have a heart-to-heart with him, and when that day finally came, it turned out that he was miserable because of family pressures he was facing. He apologized for taking it out on me, and we became friends. He ended up helping me pass the class. I was surprised to learn how similar my Buddhist friends' experiences were to mine. You know, I catch myself sometimes judging others as well.
4: So my mom, it's kind of like, it's manifested through my mom's life for me to see that I have that tendency as well. So it really just, um, it's an opportunity for me to see that in my life and for me to change and transform that.
3: Well, Buddhism taught me early on that the things in my environment were kind of of my own making so I didn't really think it was an accident that he was in my life and I really did think that there was a reason for me to have him in my life. As a result I really worked and, and endeavored to keep focused on his good good qualities and actually praise him when he did things that were good um, and Kept kept myself from being kind of dogmatic and really authoritarian, which I could easily have been. It
4: really just seemed like my life would be better without her in my life. Um, but when I really started to chant about why she was in my life, I really realized that she allowed me to see that like this tendency of letting people kind of walk all over me or talk badly about me was something I've seen in my life previously. Um, and when I finally realized that about myself, I was able to really determine and um, the last meeting that I had with her at the end of the year, I like made this agenda, like a 30 minute agenda. And I said that like, ba- basically, I made this agenda so she could not speak over me until the last 10 minutes of the meeting. And it was great because she followed it and I felt like completely victorious, I felt like I was hurt for the first time.
0: Now let's get back to Joe's story. After that first strange Buddhist meeting in 2015, he didn't yet understand the principles behind any of what we just talked about. Nevertheless, he got in his car and on the 25-minute ride back home to his son and soon to be ex-wife, he started chanting. Eventually, he joined an SJI dialogue group in his neighborhood and started studying Buddhism and consistently chanting.
1: You know, the first people that noticed was, like, the people that were closest to me. So, like, my coworkers at my job, my mom, my brothers, they all started noticing, like, all right, this guy is in a financial mess because of his divorce. He's going through a divorce. He's about to lose his kid in a custody battle. But he's so happy. (laughs) Like, Like, Right? It's like, what the heck is going on over here? So I was just like, I feel like my attitude changed. Me, me, and my coworker clashed. Like we were the two same personalities, anger issues. It was like, like my environment was like my work environment it was like my home environment. Like anywhere I went, like my coworker, my, me and my coworker was like, he was like my wife at the job. Like we would argue, and then one day he comes in and like. You know, normal, oh, I can't take it anymore. I hate this place. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm getting the hell out of here. And usually I'd be like, so get locked out. What do you want from me? Leave. I don't care. It would, it would turn into an argument. And I was just like, I was like, it's not that serious, bro. He's like, what? <laughs> like, it's like, it's not that serious. You come in here every day. You complain every day. You argue every day. I'm like, you need to find a hobby. I was like, you should chant. <laughs> he's like, what? It's like, yeah, you should chant. Nami ho a Kill. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah. He was like, he's like, wait a second. He's like, I need to, ch-. he's like, I'm going to check this out because you're different. <laughs> he's like, I have to check it out.
0: As he continued practicing, Joe started to see himself differently.
1: So pretty much four years, it took me to, like, transform something inside of myself to realize I'm a deserving person, I'm an honest person, I'm a trustworthy person, and I'm not going to accept anything. That's my boundary for myself. So I set that standard for myself now. I feel like that's the the biggest benefit that I could have received so far. Is because, you know, I can believe in myself now. so people are going to believe in me. I have trust in myself now so people are going to trust me I tell you what it's not magic to me it's definitely not magic because magic is like I'm going to cast this spell and it's going to happen no Buddhism is hard work it's not you know it takes a lot of determination and a lot of taking responsibility for every action that you've taken not just now like throughout your whole life right it's like I have to take responsibility for everything, no matter what. Like Everything that's in my environment, I take full responsibility for. Everything that has happened to me up until this point, it's my responsibility. And chanting to really change my heart, I feel, is the biggest benefit from Buddhism because you're actually changing your heart.
0: Based on the new perspective he was gaining, Joe decided to change all his relationships one by one. He started with his son, and then his ex-wife.
1: I have to have a healthy relationship with this person because she's the mother of my son and I'm going to do it. Just recently, and this was the test. Like, you can't get a bigger test than this from your ex-wife. Hey, Joe, how are you? I'm doing good. Can we talk? Sure. I just wanted to let you know that I'm dating Larry. I'm like, all right. I've been seeing him for a year. Larry's like one of my closest best friends, right? (laughs) That's like the biggest, like all right, my ex-wife is dating my best friend. (laughs) I'm so happy for you, congratulations. Let me know when the wedding is, you know? Just that, and then she was just like, she's like, I feel like we finally have closure, right? I'm like, all right, cool. You know, like, so that transformed. (laughs)
0: In April, Joe started chanting about his dad, with whom he'd had no contact for over 15 years.
1: I said to myself, if I want to be happy, I need to have a relationship with my dad. So I really just started chanting for his happiness, like, all right, I'm gonna really put this practice to the test now, and I'm like, this is the one, like, he's disappeared, he's nowhere to be found, don't know where he is, don't have a number, no clue how to get in contact with him. I chat about it
0: four months later in August, he suddenly got a message from his dad on Facebook.
1: He sent me a Facebook message like, "Hey, Joe, how are you? It's your pops, blah, blah, blah. I really would like to get in contact with you and you know maybe see each other one day. I was just like, all right, when I saw that message, I was just like, "Whoa, this is nuts." so I didn't respond right away I really <laughs> chanted about it so we just started talking and you know, I told him what I was going through and he was like what he went through and how he went through it and why he went through it and then he never stopped loving us and he thought about us every day and he regrets every minute of it but he felt like that was his only his only option in life was to do that to protect us and I believed him then I started trusting him again. I really believed that's what the reason was I don't feel like it was anything to do with not loving us I feel like he felt he was a danger to us and the only option he had was to run away to protect us so it's like there's no that's it that's what it was I believed him and you know I kept in contact with him ever since it took a lot of uh, you know a lot of resolve and a lot of burying a lot of internal strife that I had towards him but eventually he started practicing buddhism too so I look at him as the person that has taught me the most that I will ever learn in my life because the struggle that he put me through really helped me become the person I am today that's the way I view him like I have nothing but respect and love for him now
0: From what I've seen, a network of individuals working on this process of inner transformation, using sometimes uncomfortable cues from the people around them as fuel, can really change the entire trajectory of a family or community. Ultimately, our world is just a web of human relationships, and sure, they can cause great stress, but what if they can create as much value? In the next few episodes, we'll be talking about Buddhist solutions to heartbreak, bad finances, and finding your dream job. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for an episode, you can email me at podcast at sgi-usa.org.